Enchiladas, Annie Atom, I Had the Free Punch, with your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life a bit better each and every week. And this week, it is going to get so much better. We're going to have some more blimp talk. We're going to talk about an awesome movie I saw called Furious 7. And then we're moving on to the retro toy marketplace, where we are going to talk about Starbird by Milton Bradley. And that topic was requested by Good pal of the show, Willie, from the ColecoVisions podcast. So, Willie, I really hope you're listening right now. Come on, we are going to get into the show. Hit it. Do you ever think about when you're out of here? Podcast and videos out of here. Fan page and MySpace out of here. No doubt ISR is old school, but he ain't going out. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. You better get a grip on those lips and get off the bandwagon. Everybody needs to get a blimp, cause blimps are pretty pimps. You can fill them up with air, but that won't get you anywhere. Advertise upon the side, take your girlfriend for a ride. Just fill up the balloon with the very last and do. I've been thinking about blimps again, and well, I am actually reminiscing on some old thoughts that I had about blimps back in the Dizzy. For the longest time, I had this idea about the IC Robots or the ISR Party Blimp. Basically, what it was was a cool blimp full of, like, arcade games and table games and board games and, like a bar, and I don't know, what other cool things could be in there? I can't even imagine, like TVs, and uh, Laserdisc players, and VHS tapes galore, you know, all the cool stuff that we know and enjoy. And basically, what the blimp would be about would be like, you know, the Goodyear blimp, we'd go and we would float over games, much like the good old uh, GY blimp does, but what we would have that would separate us from any other blimp in the universe, and I am not even sure that this technology exists, but what we would have is a retractable tube with a ladder in it, right? And what we would do with this is we would drop it down into the game or the gathering, wherever it was that the ISR party blimp happened to be, and we would spot somebody really cool in the audience, like Gary Gygax, or, um, or Nolan Bushnell, or Steve Ditko, you know, the popular celebrities of the day. We would spot one of these cool guys down there, and we would drop the ladder down to them, and they would be allowed to come up and party with us inside the blimp. We would make a big to-do about it. We would put a searchlight down that would shine on the dude, and people would be down there going, oh my god, I hope the light, I hope the light, I hope it, I hope it shines on me, but finally it would settle on somebody, and well, it wouldn't be you because you're not a, uh, Gil Gerard or Grandmaster Flash type celebrity, so it wouldn't shine on you, but people would want to know, who is it going to shine on, while still holding out a certain degree of hope that maybe it would shine on them. From time to time, maybe once or twice in a lifetime, we would just pick somebody random. They wouldn't be random, though. There would be somebody that we know, like a Gino Vega, or maybe a Ferg. I don't know. A run-of-the-mill guy that we know. Not to say that those guys are run-of-the-mill, because from the mill, they don't run, but I am just using them to illustrate 
tolerate a uh, non-worldwide level celebrity type that we would allow in there, just to give the Publian some kind of a hope that maybe they could come inside the blimp. Hopefully, some point, us here at uh, ISR Corp will have enough money to put this into action, because, well, quite frankly, the ISR party blimp is something that needs to exist. So, if you happen to have a billion dollars around, or a spare blimp in your barn, let me know, because I got some good plans for it. Alright, guys, let's get going. We're gonna move into At The Movies. Check one, two... The return of the boom bap means just that. It means the return of the real hard beats and toy chat. Another silly sucker wants his champion belt. But like a microwave these days, he make him melt. He never crossed over, never went pop. You know ISR will give you real toy talk. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel or even that dude Roper, but you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? The most important thing in life will always be family. The people right here, right now. Dominic Toretto. You don't know me. You're about to. Looks like the sins of London have followed us home. Remember Owen Shaw? This is his big bad brother. We're being hunted. I'm going with you. I never wanted to like the Fast and Furious, and then I saw one of the movies, and I fell in love. They are the best things going in the world today. What I mean when I say that I didn't want to like them is that I'm not really a car guy. Cars are cool, I guess, but I'm not one of those dudes who obsesses over cars. They aren't my things. I, I you know... I like toys, I guess. That's what I'm into. I'm into toys, not so much cars, and Fast and Furious, it's all about the cars and stuff. Or so I thought, but then I saw one. I saw Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift one night when there wasn't anything else at the theater to see, and dude, I love that movie so much that I went out and I saw all the other ones within the week. Fast and Furious is awesome. It's not just about cars, it's about hot babes and fights, and martial arts, and time bombs, and well, you name it, it's about stunts. It is awesome, and this movie is awesome. I think you probably are going to see this anyway. I kind of see my audience as the type that will go out and support a Fast and Furious movie with The Rock and, and also Ronda Rousey in it. I mean, it's that cool. Right there, it is like WrestleMania all over again because you got The Rock and you also got Ronda Rousey. You also have Paul Walk in, sadly, well, sadly, the last Fast and Furious movie with Paul Walk because as we all know, Paul Walker has passed away. It's really sad. I feel bad for him because he does seem like a genuinely nice and pretty cool guy and the movie pays a nice tribute to him if uh you are a bit of the sensitive type you might shed a tear during the course of the film i did not i'm not that type but if if you happen to be a bit on the sensitive side you might um your eyes might water a bit. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Don't be ashamed of it because Paul Walk seems like an awesome dude and the world is a lesser place without him in it. We don't have to get into the plot. We don't have to get into anything because this is a Fast and Furious movie and you are gonna go see it because they're awesome and everyone likes them and there is not a single reason for you not to like this movie. I swear to you. This movie is awesome. All Fast and Furious movies are awesome. They might be the perfect film franchise. They know exactly who they are, 
and they become more and more and more honest with each and every outing. Furious 7 gets the ISR 10 thumbs up recommendation. Go see it right now. Not right now. Wait maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes until the show is over, and then go see it. Maybe take this with you, put it into your car, use that cord, plug it into the auxiliary jack, and take it all in on the way to the theater. And if you get there, and there is still time left, drive around in circles, or maybe park, I don't know, whichever you feel safest with. At any rate, go see Fast and Furious maybe 30 minutes from now. ISR approved. listening to the Toys R Us report the greatest podcast in the world get ready for the retro marketplace okay I see robots this is your one chance show them what you got Starbird by Milton Bradley before I moved to the great state of California I lived in another great state the great state of Illinois, Oak Lawn, Illinois, to be exact. We moved to California when I was in the fourth grade. My best pal back in ILL was this dude named Rich, Rich Sock, to be exact. And Rich Sock had that, uh, he had that toy collector attitude right from the start. He would hardly ever play with his toys. He was a bit like Steve Carell's character in the 40-year-old virgin. He would keep his toys in their boxes and he would keep the boxes up on the shelf. I don't know if it was him or his parents because the rest of the house was very very meticulous as well. So I don't know who the I don't know who the one who wanted to keep everything so clean was. The more that I think about it, the more that it seems likely that it was his parents because just just judging by the state of the rest of the house. Very nice, very thorough, very clean at any rate. Rich was my best friend at the time, but this was an early life relationship. So you are not that, you're not that tight in reality. You might hang out at school, but you don't see each other that often out of school. I think I had maybe two or three visits to his house. It wasn't that far. I don't know why I didn't go more often. I just did not. I was that kind of kid. I was content to hang around my backyard and play in the yard without, I don't know, I did not need a lot of other dudes around me, but Rich was the dude I did hang out with when I did hang out with other dudes. Ugh. This is so boring. I apologize. This is really boring. Let's get back onto the topic of Starbird. One of the toys that he had up on the shelf was Starbird. I remember this so distinctly. I remember seeing the commercials for Starbird, which we're going to hear in a second, and then seeing it on his on his shelf and not being able to play with it. He brought it down, showed me the box, but he did not pull the toy out of the box. That's weird, right? You think that's weird that he didn't pull it out. I think it is super odd, and if it were some kind of a uh, black market deal, you would not believe that he had the item. You would think that he was pulling the old okey-doke. But if you don't know what Starbird is, Starbird was a toy produced by Milton Bradley, in 1979 it was a plastic space plane that had sound effects that would it was like you'd move it down and go you'd move it up and go it was pretty cool for the time but i have to say this was the time before toys started getting 
really awesome. This was the time where Milton Bradley Electronics, or MB Electronics, as they preferred to be called, was putting out things like Simon, and the handheld football game, and Electronic Battleship, things like that. This was kind of early in the day of electronics toys, so any anything like this was really a novelty. You have to remember that. When you talk about some of these toys, these older toys from my youth, you really have to put them in perspective, and this was one of the first times you heard that. I think I just kind of like making that sound. This was one of the first times you heard that in a toy, and it was really, really a novelty. It was something exciting, something fun, and they did hit fairly well with Starbird. I do remember kids were into it. I don't know if it was on the pricey side, because only my boy Rich had it. One thing that I really do remember from that era is that the battery deal. Starbird ran on a 9-volt battery, and parents were not... Parents were really... They were reluctant to buy you a battery-operated toy because they did not want to incur the price of constantly getting new batteries for you. I remember that really, really distinctly. My parents just would not go for the battery-operated toys, and I kind of, I do kind of feel the same way today to a degree. I don't want to shell out for double A's all the time, even though I do, and I do buy... I guess I do buy a lot, and it might be just because I never had them as a youth, so I do overcompensate on batteries from time to time. Just the other week, I went to Radio Shack, and I bought, like, a 60-pack of double A's. It should last a year. Hopefully, it will last a year. At any rate, I wonder what happened to that dude, Rich. I have tried to... I've looked for him on Facebook, and I can't find him, and I don't want any of you guys looking for him. This is not his real name. I made up a last name. It's not Sock. I think that's a great last name, though. Sock. Don't go out there and seek him out. Don't even waste your time because it might be that he doesn't want to be found. It might be that poor old rich Sock is in witness protection or something. Who knows? Let's try to think for the best. Let's hope that maybe he took all of his unopened toys and got himself an electronic store. That's what happened in the movie, right? He opened an electronic store in 40-year-old virgin. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Let's hope that he was not a 40-year-old virgin, but that he was able to keep all of his, all of his toys and someday cash in. Either that or maybe good old Rich passed away and they had a heck of an estate sale where somebody got up on all these super mint cherry starbirds, space birds, and other toys of that sort. All right, Mr. Sock, this is for you. We're gonna dig around in the pile of tapes I got here. Here's the one I'm looking for. We got one with a Starbird commercial. I think this is it. Let me see. Nope, not that one. Is it this one? Yep, that's the one. All right, here we go. Starbird commercial number one. Starbird, a product of space age technology created by MB Electronics. Stand by for final test. Starbird sensors trick a microcircuitry to generate the matching sounds of climbing. Level off. Descend. Fire laser gun. That does it. Thank you. Starbird from MB Electronics. Give your child a look at tomorrow today. Command base and launching pad sold separately. Alright, this is super weird. Between this segment and the last segment, I took Ursa, my dog, around the block. She needed to get out. She was getting a bit antsy, so we went around the block, and when I came back, the answering machine at the ISR command center was blinking. This is an unlisted, super secret number that only me, Burt Ward, the Prime Minister Pete Nice, Linda Carter, Gil Gerard, Judo Jean LaBelle, and a couple other luminaries have, and, well, there was a message 
message on it, and I'm I'm gonna play it for you right now. Hold on. Let's uh, let's take a listen. Okay, here we go. I'm glad you called, but I'm not home. But I'll be back before too long. You gotta seek your stuff and your number too. And this is all you've got to do. Wait for the beat. You gotta leave your name. You gotta leave your number. Wait for the beat. You gotta leave it at the beat. I see robots, my man. I'm sorry I missed you. I'll leave you a message on your phone machine instead. This is Willie from the ColecoVisions podcast and Arcade USA. Here to talk to you about one of my favorite toys from the late 70s called Starbird. It was made by Milton Bradley. What was really cool about this toy, it was a, it was a modular toy. You could actually build different ships out of it. For example, you could pop off the command module, take the main engine out the back, put them together, and you have a scout ship. Or you can use the main body of the ship as an orbiting platform. It has two detachable fighters on the wings. Another cool feature of this toy is it had a ball turret on the very top, which was pretty cool to see. That also could be removed, and you could pretend it was a escape pod. So, a lot of replay value in this toy. What I really liked about it, though, was the electronic sound effects it had. You can tilt back on the ship, and it'll make a, an engine revving up sound. If you tilt it forward, the engines will kind of rev down. You push on the fire button, and pow, 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 it shoot your photon torpedoes. Awesome. Now, later on, Milton Bradley released another version of the Starbird. It was called the Space, Space Avenger. Avenger. Basically exactly like the Starbird, all the same features, but it had some really cool decals that were added to it. Made it look really awesome, especially that Firebird-looking decal on the very front of the command module. Now, another neat feature of this, though, is Milton Bradley added a feature of infrared battles. So if you had two Space Avengers, they could fight each other and shoot infrared beams back and forth, and you could knock out the other player's engines. Now, later on... They released a another kind of a Starbird, but it wasn't the Starbird, though. It was called the Starbird Intruder, which was the alien menace. Now, unfortunately, they reused the same command module from the Starbird, but just made it black. But they did change the back portion of it, so it looks a little bit different. It's a shorter ship, has a pistol grip on it, and it also has the infrared battle capability. So you can have the Starbird Intruder coming in to invade the command base of the Starbird itself and have battles. Which brings me to another neat part of this. Another neat thing that Milton Bradley did for the Starbird line is they had a command base. They had a little crane, little spaceman, came with a little target too that you could shoot with your Starbird to see if you could hit it. And basically all it did is you shot your infrared beam at it, it would reflect back and it would knock out your Starbird. So that's kind of not not a very good thing to do to knock out your own ship by shooting a target. But anyway, besides that, you really need to check out these toys. They are really, really awesome. I think they fit right in with your show. Anyway, keep up the great work. I love listening to your podcast. And this is Willie saying hasta la vista, baby. All right, dudes, that is super weird because not only is the number unlisted, it is connected by a special gold-plated cord that no one is supposed to be able to even find. I need to get to the bottom of this. Computer, how did Willie find this number? User Willie has unlimited ISR clearance, level 999. 
Under whose authorization? The action was authorized by user Willy. Impossible. How could he authorize himself? I guess he's got it like that. You guess he's got it like that. What kind of an answer is this? And so it goes. I can see that we are going to get nowhere with this line of questioning. I would imagine not. Thanks again, computer. Computer off. Starbird was produced by Milton Bradley Subline MB Electronics in 1979 and it stayed in production until 1981. The series was made up of only four vehicles. The Starbird, the Starbird Space Avenger, the Command Center playset, and the villainous adversary plane, the Starbird Intruder. This is my favorite one. It's black. It looks really cool. It's a bit stubbier than the Starbird. It has sort of a triangular shape, whereas the Starbird has a triangular shape too, but it is a bit stretched out. You have the point, then it's stretched out again to the base. This one, it's a bit more squat. It looks sleeker and a bit more ominous. The Starbird came first in 1979, and then the following year came the Starbird Avenger, which had its name quickly changed to the Space Avenger for fear of a Lucas lawsuit. Lucas was going after all kinds of dudes who were knocking off Star Wars, and the word Star in the name of the toy, I don't know, Lucas would have seen red and they decided to avoid the fight altogether and just change the name to the Space Avenger. About the same time as the Starbird or a uh, Space Avenger, they came out with the Command Center. The Command Center was a really big cardboard playset. Hold on, I am going to read off the advertising here for the Command Center. One sec. An amazing accessory to an amazing toy. Starbird's home base, when fully assembled, covers an area over four square feet and is almost two feet tall. It features a launch pad with access ramp, a small craft takeoff and landing site, a repair transport vehicle, a control tower with an elevated space garage and lifting crane, and a platform roof with realistic looking defensive weapons and gun turrets. The Starbird Command Base is made of plastic and press heavy duty cardboard for extra strength and durability. Starbird not included. The final toy in the set was the Starbird Intruder, which had a black hull and a pistol grip that you could hold on to so you could pretend like it was a gat when you're making space sounds. Boo, boo, boo. That seems like a lot of fun to me. I think adding a gun option to a toy is off a good idea. Like our boy Willie said earlier on his phone call, when you got the ships together, they had a laser tag-like deal. You could shoot at them, and they would beep to indicate that they had been hit. This is years before photon or laser tag or any of that stuff. This is a really neat option. I did, this is something I did not know until recently, because nobody I know, except for my boy Rich Sock, had one, and he did not have two, so you couldn't have laser tag them against each other, but that would have been super duper fun. Out of everything, the Starbird Intruder is the hardest one to find, but we're gonna talk about that a bit more in the next segment, the end of the Retro Toy Marketplace, where we go in and we look around on eBay and see what it's gonna cost. Before we get to that, I got one more commercial, and I could not find more than one Starbird commercial in all of my index, but this is a pretty neat VCR commercial that I got on tape. Hold on, let me find it for you. Hold on one sec. Is it over here? Gosh, I'm sorry. I should have these ready to go when it's time. I think this is it. Hold on, let me, let me pop it in. Okay, here we go. Just like a home computer. Akai's new VS2. So 
advanced, you can pre-select nine programs on 16 different channels, up to four weeks in advance, with a video display right on your own TV screen. The interactive monitor system, only for Mackay. Every function you program comes up on your own TV, just like a home computer. Mackay's new VS2. It'll change the way you view the world. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. He won't be sorry for long. Poking around eBay here, there is not a lot of Starbird stuff. There are very few. I'm talking less than 10, but in this case, it doesn't increase the value. I think this is a situation where the demand is low and the price is not really all that high. Accordingly, I'm talking, I see somebody here sold a Starbird in the box and they only got 60 bucks and that, uh, that includes the shipping, so... Not really that great of a value. Someone has a nice little pile of pieces, 20 bucks. Now, I don't see any bases anywhere in the the finished auctions or anywhere at all, really. So we do not know a lot about that, and we have not seen any Starbird intruders on here either. Okay, I did a bit of digging into some other resources I have, and I found a finished, incomplete, but in-box command center and it only went for 55 And I found somebody sold a Starbird Intruder with a Starbird Avenger, and they got around 60 bucks. So in this case, something that is truly scarce does not get a very high sale price because I guess there aren't a lot of people out there looking for it. Now, in this no way affects how cool the toy is because it is a lot of fun and it is a neat thing that shows you the evolution of electronic toys. So I can, I can say that I am interested in finding a Starbird Avenger. If I found one at the flea market, I found one at the dig or a thrift store, I would flip my lid. I'm not really willing to go onto eBay and get one. I'm not that much into acquiring the piece, but I do not feel as if I am alone in that, unfortunately. It's always weird to see that while not alone in remembering something fondly, you are in a small community of people. And when you look at it, the, you know, the retro toy collector toy community is not gigantic anyway. And when you are in a small minority of people who are interested in something other people aren't even interested in in that community, well, there aren't a lot of people alongside you. So, I guess me, Willie, Starbird Avenger fans, we might not be the biggest group or the most vocal, but we are the coolest, all right? Let's get going. Last segment of the show, the Toys R Us report itself. All right, DJ, drop the needle on the wax. Hit it. Do you ever think about when you're out of here? Blue snuggle teeth and yak face out of here. Migos and G.I. Joe out of here. No doubt ISR is old school, but he ain't going out. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us report. I feel sometimes like I live in the boondocks of the toy world. I got a hot tip that there might be some Star Wars Rebels Sabines at Kohl's. At Kohl's of all places. I have never so much as set foot in a Kohl's. So, I set foot in the Kohl's looking for them. Didn't find him. Went back a couple days later, didn't find him. Hit up the Kmart, hit up two Targets, 
hit up Walgreens, and I have yet to find Sabine, and I am seeing people on all sorts of message boards, forums, BBSs, whatever you want, CB radios, ham radios, broadcasting over stereo antennas that they have found. There's Sabines, but I have not even seen one, or even so much as one of the new series Star Wars Rebels figures. I'm recording this before I'm done with my weekend toy hunting. I still haven't gone to Toys R Us, and we know Toys R Us hasn't been the best for me lately, but still, there might be some hope. I might go, I might go to another Target in Runner Park. There's a whole city next to mine that I have not yet gone to, and I might go to it. I don't like to unless I have to, but this time I must. I guess. Unless I find it at Toys R Us. So, I'm gonna get back to you guys later. Just, uh, take a little break right now. You'll never even know I was gone, because I'm gonna edit it all in together as if I were here the whole time. Alright everybody, I am back. You did not even notice I was gone, but it is actually two, count them, two days past since when I last recorded that other, uh, bit. And in that time, I have gone to stores all over my beloved Sonoma County, and I have not found a Marvel Rebels Sabine anywhere. I went to Toys R Us, I went to a couple more Targets, I went to the Coles in Petaluma. That is three entire towns over, I went there and I have yet to find any. It's bugging me so bad. People on all of the uh, Facebook toy forums I go on, they have them, but I just don't have one yet. And I'm getting to where I don't even really want it. I mean, I do want it, but I don't want it as bad as I did at one point, but I just want to succeed because I want this search to be over. I need to move forward with my life. At any rate, Toys R Us is still fairly dry. I'm not seeing anything. I don't know what is going on. I'm just, I'm getting bored of the good old toy hunt when I'm not seeing the exciting things that I thought I should see by now. I don't know. There are still only, uh, Mr. Spock reaction figures, and that's a little weird. I would have think I would have seen an Uhura or anyone else by now, but I have only seen good old Mr. Spock. And I have been looking for these. I made an extra special trip to Barnes and Nobles, where I hardly ever go because I know they have reactions, and they do not have, they do not have a one of the, uh, Star Trek, just the same old dumb ones they had before around Christmas time. And dudes, that was months ago. I think it's about time to call it a show, guys. We're gonna get on out of here. I wanna, oh, before we go, the Retro Junkie website is now officially up. You can find it at RetroJunkies.com, and it is great. There's articles, links to all the podcasts, all the shows. It's a really well-put-together website, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. So make sure to go there when you have enough time to uh, fully explore it and give it what it deserves. Also, please... Head on over to virtualdirtmall.com and help out the show. We need your help. We need your help. Go buy some stuff. Be generous. Be the cool guys that we know you are. That is virtualdirtmall.com. Also, hit me up on Twitter, at ICRobots. Here is where you're going to find the most fun stuff. Go to Facebook, facebook.com backslash ICRobots, and also ICRobots.com, where we have daily super awesome updates of all varieties. We update with pictures off VHS tapes. I update with things I scanned out of magazines. All kinds of really cool, really neat-o junk. So for all the boys and girls over at the ISR Command Center, this is me, IC Robots, signing off. Episode number 29, Starbird. If you did not know before, well, you know now.
Yeah, that's right. This jam is rated Cold Medina, man. That's right, Cold Medina. We're in EFFECT, otherwise known as Effect. Know what I'm saying? Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots radio production.